0: that Richmond Kawasaki gets the jump
1: That's where it all started Big MX Radio brought to you by Justified Cultures is on the air fueled by passion focused on motocross fly Racing Bill's Pipes W Wheels Maxima USA Moto Ice Wrap 100% Goggles and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you The news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing. Big MX radio podcast show brought to you by Justified Cultures. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, we've got none other than Ryan Galt. Ryan, how's it going?
2: Oh, doing good, just sitting here working away, hanging out, being sick. Lots of good. Oh, like being sick? S- I'm sorry to hear about that, dude. Ah, uh, Yeah, whatever, it's all just simple Ontario winter crap. <laughs> fair
1: enough well uh uh it's a podcast this podcast is a little bit different for me usually i'm in canada calling california right now i'm in california calling canada
2: nice a little reverse, uh reversery going on
1: yes sir yes sir um i i thought uh, who better to uh talk about the uh the the journey to toronto than a guy who lives not far from it
2: yeah i'm only uh 45 minutes from the rogers center and uh yeah it's, it's I, I've heard it's a pretty good show I've, uh, i' you know what I mean I don't know anything about it but yeah I've heard it's a good show <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: right. well I imagine you you've been to some Toronto Supercrosses in the past uh you, you never competed in it did you
2: I sure did yeah I competed in it uh when it was uh back a in and ninety five well not heyday sorry not like the eighties or the seventies when it was going on but I raced uh ninety three as an amateur. Okay. 94, did they have it? 94? No, not 94, 95 and 96 I raced it, and then again, uh, once the Feld brought the Supercross back in uh, December of 04, I think was the first year they did it, and I raced 04, 5, and 6, three years in a row in the lights class.
1: There you go. Yeah, Actually, there was, uh, there was one year where the, I think the entire uh, uh, the entire 250 class was uh, littered with Canadian talent. Uh, in fact, Brady Sharon even uh, leading a, a, a few laps, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh, yeah, he was up front there for a bit. Beaton actually was the one who got a little bit better on that. I think Beaton actually, I don't know if he led laps, but he ran second, but he threw it away. He crashed. I think Brady might have finished fourth. But the top yeah. Canadian... The top Canadian that ever finished at one of those races that happened in Canada was uh, Brian Lockhart. He finished third the very first year it was in Toronto.
1: That would be in, uh, we're talking 2004.
2: Yeah, because that, that was when they came in December.
1: Right, the right, right. That years, was, uh,
2: was, or was was that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was. When they um, were the world, they were the world rounds. World the rounds two, with for, the, the. first gym. two world rounds. It came, the first That's two right. years it went Toronto to Vancouver. And then yep. the third year, the third year it was uh, just Toronto, mm-hmm. and then uh, after that it started going. It started going in uh, March.
1: Yeah, it was it was a regular round of Supercross. You got um, it, yep. So um, back then when, when Feld first came in, what was that event like for you as a, as a competitor? Obviously something that you would uh, kind of uh, get excited for, but something maybe you didn't have a ton of experience on a full-blown supercross track, although uh, pretty well, uh, qu- quite a few skills uh, on, on indoor tracks with this, the arena cross races that you raced uh, with the, your, your whole career, all the way back to when you are on Little Bikes.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, it was definitely cool. When they made that announcement, that was amazing. I mean, we always loved the Toronto Supercrops uh, in Canada when it was run by Canadians, no matter who was doing it. It was always an exciting time as a kid, traveling down to the city and trying to get your passes and sneaking into the pits and, and meeting the pros and all that kind of stuff. And then, obviously, when the biggest uh, promotion group says they're going to bring the, the biggest and best series that you follow to you know uh for me my not hometown but only a little bit away it, yeah. it definitely was exciting like i mean it was it was uh, sent through sent through the pits sent through the the, the social medias and whatever was going on and everybody knew about it everybody was happy selling tickets and all the local dealers all that kind of stuff um i mean i know the turnout the first year wasn't huge but it's by now we can tell that it was obviously a good plan because it's paid off um but i mean the excitement in the air was cool and the the real fun fact was, like we just talked about, the fact that they were well, almost looking for riders to kind of fill the gate in the little bike class as well as the big bike class because riders like Doug DeHaan rode the big bike class. Um, Kyle Keys rode big bike one year. Uh, and so like that. So there was going to be a little bit more Canadian flavor and we didn't have to go through the hoops or some of the uh, paperwork and jargon that you have to go through now, like the Jess Pettis's, Brock Littner's that are chasing the, the current system. So it was... Uh, it was cool, and and for me, when I heard it, I was like, "Hell yeah, I might as well ride it." I had been doing, uh, I've done arena crosses, and I liked I liked indoor stuff, and then I was also doing the the announcing for the AMA arena cross series. I just had got that job, so I was that's riding right, that series. Yeah, uh, no, no, the AMA one.
1: Oh, the AMA, uh, AMA one. AMA sorry,
2: series yeah. Uh and then uh, so I was kind of an, enjoying riding those tracks and kind of getting the vibe of you know the 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 uh, t- the technical jumps and all that kind of stuff, riding. And I was always riding a different bike and whatnot. So I ended up mooching the uh, Frankenstein Yamaha 250F03 for that first race. So I got sixth that night, which was super fun as well. Obviously made some money. And then from then on, it was just something that had to be done every year for a whole bunch of Canadians. And if you go back and look at the results, you can see some guys that may not have been there and, sh- and did go there and, and kind of got their feet wet and got a chance and sort of opened the doors to kind of, you know, Say hey guys, just line up, give it a shot, kind of thing. So it was that first year made made it very unique for Canada, and then for those two or three years following, it was it was truly amazing to see all the Canadians give it a shot. And then nowadays, that's quieted down a little bit. <laughs>
1: Definitely, uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of like taking a downturn over the last few years. But uh, excited to see maybe some some kids like uh, uh, is it, it's Casey Keast uh, coming coming through. The kid's a young guy that probably will, will one day have some experience on a supercross track. He certainly knows what to do on an arena cross track. Um, but uh, are, are those? Uh, do you think that uh, it, throughout that like 2004 through six uh, was a time period when uh, um, there's there's like the, the, you guys racing that series, and or that, that event, and doing quite well, I, I might add, uh, might have uh, helped some kids go to a local dealer, get themselves a bike, and uh, ultimately uh, become one of these kids that might be competing in a one day.
2: I'd like to say yes, um, but right then and there is when our industry kind of hit the, uh, uh, you know, took a turn as far as, um, you know, making money selling bikes. It was a, kind of a scary time. It was, some tracks were closing and stuff like that, but, I mean, the Supercross continue to come, and I start, I'm definitely feeling like I'm seeing that turnaround now. So I don't know if the first few years really got that uh, sort of, um, you know, positive vibe as far as people going to the dealers saying, hey, I want to check out motocross and, and, or Supercross and try this kind of thing. But since they stuck with it, I do feel that there are a lot of new faces coming to the tracks in Ontario for sure. Um, so I, I feel that definitely has a role to do with it. I mean, you're in Toronto, and Toronto is a tough city to sell. Where they're so stuck on stick and ball sports, motorsports are not really huge. I mean, they have the Toronto Indy, and it's been going on for decades. But it just—it's never a real big seller. The Torontoian sort of person or fan is just sort of that—you know—they like watching hockey, they like the soccer, the, you know, they you know—they love baseball, but they're never really willing to take that chance. I feel. And get right out and try uh, motocross dirt bikes. That's why it's kind of stepped out of that rural area. But I mean, the fans that are coming to the Supercrosses I watch it, I would I would bet to say that seventy five or eighty percent of them all live with a, a with a at least an hour outside of Toronto. They're the rural people coming in that are already riding or trying to yeah. get their cousins into it that live kind of near farms or inside of the cities, kind of thing. I don't feel okay. like it's done a great service to the city of Toronto. But it has definitely <laughs> ignited the flame to the rural areas outside of it and given them opportunity to see it and then try it up at our local tracks, whether they're an hour away or the Gopher Dunes or RJ, Sandalese, Loto Parks, uh, Walms, facilities, stuff like that.
1: Fair enough. Um, it, it was always a, it was an event that I, I circled on the calendar. My dad and I went to uh, I believe it was the 2005 uh, race when uh, I think it was 05. No, it must have been 0- 06. Uh, I guess it would have been. It was December of 05 when uh, um, <clears throat> everyone was officially on four strokes. Uh, James was number seven. He crashed out of the main event, and uh, RC took the uh, took the victory. Uh, were, were you still racing in that particular event?
2: I was actually, you know, it's funny. I just watched that uh, um, uh, Bar to Bar, and they had the 450 guys. They didn't show the 250 guys. Yeah, I was okay. there that night that James was running the number seven. Uh, that was 06, actually. 05, yep. 05, 05. James didn't, uh, did it, James come in 05? I don't think he came in 05. He came in 06. And then the last year was 07 uh, of it because that was a Bar to Bar as well. And I watched, that was the night that, that Preston landed on him. Off the, that's off right the double and uh chad reed ended up winning because Carmichael went down on the first turn and, and stuff like that so um yeah a whirlwind of, of, of stuff going on there but yeah i mean being able to see those guys an hour from your home is is, is amazing and then uh, myself riding in the life class i had my buddies they're all you know drinking beers in the stands thinking that the sport that i've done for years was kind of a uh, kind of silly and the bike did all the work and then they see me down there and they're like holy crap you know i'm jumping 75 by triples and you doing go. rhythm sections and all that okay. kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and then we'd go out and celebrate afterwards. So it was a hell of a night for uh, for the fans and also the the whole uh, agenda that was going on, the whole sort of plan and effect kind of thing.
1: So is it safe to say that after uh, the, uh, the fourth place finish from uh, the Salty Dog that uh, you guys went out and, and celebrated uh, quite a bit?
2: Um, I will say that night, I don't think he was much of a celebrator at that time. He was pretty... Uh, serious about his career although he did get third not fourth we better make sure we okay. say that cause of if course, he yeah, it, he'll, get, he'll get all upset at you brad um of course but, <laughs> but uh yeah i mean the there was always an after party afterwards and it was definitely a lot of fun and then coming into our current uh supercross the dmx guys throw a great friday night gathering and a, and a great saturday night gathering which uh, has you know chad reed's always going to it and 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 uh, other, uh, you know, guys, Josh Hill's coming uh, through the years, and so the Toronto city life, and then that race brings out a hell of a fun time and a hell of a good crowd. Hey, this is Zach Cummins from Phoenix Racing Co. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to commercial. We'll be right
3: back.
4: Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Maddie Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BigMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love.
3: This is a test of your RacersIndex.com awareness. This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross and Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing. Be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now.
1: When it's time to turn heads, Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes, street bikes, or bicycles, nobody does it better than Spokeskins. Mix and match your spokes, or go with the same color all the way around. Either way, Spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike. Uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum, Spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look without the custom price tag. If you're looking, To set your bike apart from the rest of the herd, turn some heads, and be able to change your bike's look on the fly, head to spokeskins.net. They don't just have spokeskins on their website, they've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off-Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to spokeskins.net. Today, place your order and get set up to turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered.
3: Racersindex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, Racersindex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at Racersindex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the Racersindex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at Racersindex.com. Com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at racersindex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. racersindex.com. These emigos.
0: That's what I call fueling
1: for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. In Motocross, everyone wants one common thing. To simply enjoy the ride. Sand, clay, loam, concrete, and everything in between. Riders all want to be able to enjoy their ride. But today is Arena Cross. Tomorrow's Glen Helen, and Saturday, we're heading to this gnarly sand track. How can we be sure our suspension is always dialed in? For most, employing a full-time practice technician is unrealistic, and even for those who have one, setting suspension is still a chore. Get a measuring tape, scratch a mark on the fender or rear number plate, and attempt some backward math to find 105 millimeters. Does this tape even have millimeters on it? Forget that. Head to motool.co today and set your sag every time you ride with the slacker digital sag scale let's hear from johnny casepear himself on how this thing works so uh really basically you would just uh stick it on your axle with the magnet stick the clip on your side plate basically where the arc of the axle would hit the side plate and then uh pull out the retractable cable, hook it to the clip, and turn it on, and then just take the bike off the stand and, and take a measurement. It's that easy. Trust tuning your suspension to Johnny K. Spear and Motul MX. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up USA.com, that's dot com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to wubyaus today. W-U-S-A, all things wheels. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand.
3: Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast radio show.
0: Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon.
2: Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX radio show.
1: Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. Absolutely, and do, do you feel that, uh, like you'd mentioned that the, the Toronto slash uh, Greater Ontario area, uh, Ontario uh fan group is a bit fickle uh, do you find that if, if there isn't a Toronto Supercross because it's been taken away a couple of different times over the years uh, that uh, like the Toronto fans are are, are, are better served just to, to not go to any Supercrosses at all rather than uh, um, like uh, they'd rather uh, miss Supercrosses all altogether rather than uh, not go to uh, Toronto because like in 2015 I, I imagine that uh, rather than going to uh, whether it would be East Rutherford or uh, 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 another East Coast Supercross. Toronto fans are better served just to stay home, especially with the the that that the the dollar takes a bit of a hit as well.
2: Well, yeah, I mean you got Detroit too as well, right? But I mean, uh, right. it, 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 Canadians are we, we feel pride. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's motocross or hockey. There's a pride that we all share with each other. When we get something that's big in our country, we support the hell out of it. Um, that's just something that it is. Again, the Supercross took a few years to do that, but now it's getting its 30,000, 40,000 fans. So it's, it's definitely showing that our, our, our province and the Canadian group support it. You have people flying from BC or even from the East Coast coming to, to watch the race. So I feel as if, yeah, I mean, well, when it went away there last year because of the Pan Am Games, it was a big uproar, for sure. Uh, the city of Toronto probably didn't give two scores about it, the, you know, the government type or the politicians and all that kind of stuff. They probably couldn't care less. But, yeah, the fans, we, we were upset. We were bummed. We didn't have that event to go to. We didn't, you know, wasn't able to spend, like you said, our own money, uh, you know, dealing with our own people, our own our own everything. Uh, so it was a big loss. So to have it coming back to, and to stay hopefully forever or for definitely a lot of years is something I think that's very important to if you're just a fan or if you're a, a passionate racer. They both need it, and it, it's very welcome for sure. So if it, it went away or gone away, you probably wouldn't see as many Canadians traveling to the Detroits or the East Rutherfords, or even when they take the Florida vacation going to Daytona, because there'd be like you know we get to that point ah you know it's not in Canada anymore who cares we lost interest or sort of thing. There would be those fans, yeah. but there are still the diehards for sure. There'd still be the diehards that go, so there'd be a of mixed course. group. But if it went away, it would definitely be a bummer
1: fair enough well like like you mentioned uh, it's not just a uh, a saturday event um uh, those those uh, canadian uh fans can uh, can take in, can take things in basically uh the days leading up to uh that that event like uh, dealer signings and some stuff like that what are some of the things that uh some canadian fans that maybe if they haven't already gone to a, uh, a Toronto Supercross can look to enjoy uh, the week of and of course the event itself
2: well, uh, as far as dealer signings, and stuff like that, to be honest, with you, yeah, I've never really uh, known or seen any. Uh, in the honest, and I'm in the media, like yourself, and uh, yeah. So I don't know if a lot of the dealers have jumped on board in that sense. I know um, a few years ago they had on the Friday night we had like an open open invite to a bowling alley. We had some riders come and stuff like that, and there was a thing at the go kart track on the Friday night where people could come and meet riders and stuff like that. But that kind of sort of went away and now on the Friday night they have the the invite the DMX guys do the thing on Friday night at the Houston uh bar, which is just like an open club that you can come and eat dinner and you know sometimes riders come and, and and people bench race and stuff like that. But as far as doing something um on the event, um there there's not a ton of stuff that I've ever seen. Um there is also are always the um uh the children's hospital thing that they do and you can go down and, and uh on the Friday and, and, and sign up for that uh package deal, um, and get it. you get to walk the track, uh, meet, the, meet some riders, get autographs, have lunch with some guys, depending on who the riders are. Um, and then I know also that uh, some of the riders, uh, the top guys, actually gone to the children's hospital and met some of the uh, the children that are, you know, that are dealing with some struggles and stuff like that, that live in the hospital, and they go and do uh, some giving back and all that kind of stuff. So there are those kind of things, but not everybody gets to be a part of that. So, um, I mean, I guess the best part is, is if they do the Friday pit party, which they had done uh, a couple previous years. And then last year, I believe, I can't remember if they did it or not, and I haven't heard if they're doing it again, but Friday they allowed you to come in, walk the track, have a pit party, autographs. Uh, They had a freestyle show. So they really are trying to make it a weekend uh, deal for the fans, uh, which is good, too, because, you know, sharing the expense down to Toronto, it isn't cheap to go to the city, hotels are expensive. Right. Cabs going in and out everywhere, restaurants. You're spending money, so for Phil to come in and make it a Friday and Saturday night deal, they've definitely done certain things that I've really drawn uh, attention to. So I'm hoping they do something good again this year. And uh, uh, by all means, if they they need people to help push it and promote it, we're here to do it. So hopefully they they reach out, or if not, they, they just go about doing it their way because it's obviously working.
1: Well, I definitely plan on uh, uh, booking a ticket to Toronto and uh, also purchasing a ticket to that DMXS party, and there will be some guaranteed MX be- uh, bench racing, to say the least.
2: Well, I actually don't know if I'm going to make it Toronto this year. I'm going to be in Florida teaching a motocross school, and I'm unsure if I'm going to make it back. It
0: was, oh, really? Uh, Fair enough. Yeah,
2: it was the same thing that happened last year. It's just a job that I can't turn down. It's a really good job. Uh working with Moto Park now that Owens County Line, MP County Line down there. So, uh, yeah, it's just something that's uh, a good, uh, good thing for me and the family and stuff like that. So, unfortunately, I may miss it, but I'm trying to work it to not because it's definitely something that uh, is a part of the industry that I don't like to miss, whether it's for Guaranteed MX or just Ryan Gall, a super fan. I, I like being there. I'm, uh, I like watching it. I like bench racing. I like shooting the breeze with everybody and all that kind of stuff. So, hopefully, we can make it happen. But if not, I'll be somewhere cheering from a couch watching it on TV, I hope.
1: Fair enough. Well, this is all part of the uh, the journey to Toronto, and uh, on, on the way there, there's going to be a, a quite a few uh, super crosses of note. And uh, we've had two so far, Goldie. As as you are a super fat, I'd love to get your take on the series so far.
2: Well, A1 was a full snoozer. I fell asleep in both yes. main events. Um, yes. That's not knocking anything, it's just the way it was. The track really didn't develop, I think, the way the guys were. Roxon and McAlrath both. Did numbers on the rest of the competition. Everybody was kind of fine in their place, yada, yada, yada. But last weekend, holy crap, that was an absolute amazing night. I wish every single one of them could be like that. Uh, the 250 class, the four guys, Jimmy Dakotas leading, and then the four guys behind him with Mikel, Rath, Davalas, um, Plessinger, and Hill just going at it. And then all four of them basically being within a couple of bike points across the finish line. That's what the fans want, that's what the sport needs. And, yeah. you know, that's what, it, that's what keeps bringing us back. And then in the big bike class, uh, behind first and second, there wasn't much action going on there, but the show that Ryan uh, Dungey and Ken Rockson put on, I mean, like, I've watched a lot of athletes over the years. I've seen the best. I've raced the best. I've talked with the best. And just to see what those guys did again, I just, like, I can't even understand how the bar keeps getting raised. And their bodies and minds, and skill level can just take another notch up when they need to, when those guys meet and they're both in perfect scenarios. And uh, that's what we saw there on Saturday night. It was amazing to watch. And, I mean, Roxton, unbelievable. But I was even more impressed with how Dungy was able to latch onto him and and sort of jump into his uh, lines and figure it out and then hang on to him right to the finish. Although I am a little disappointed. I could have sworn I thought that he had the door open. Um... After the one section of the sweeping right-hander, he got right beside him, and then it was a triple, triple, triple. I don't know. If that was myself and his shoes, I felt like I would have dove to the inside before the wolf section and try to make a pass. But he didn't and uh, left three, three points on the table. But maybe he's thinking that, you know, he didn't need them and he knew he was the faster guy at that point or something. I don't know. But regardless, amazing second round. I can only hope that this Saturday in A2 is going to be just as good.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Ryan did make that one mistake in that rhythm section. He went 2-2 two, two, or 3-3-2-1 three, three, uh, going into that corner. So didn't put himself in a position to run it in deep on uh, on Kenny. And then that next straightaway through the whoops, uh, just tried to take a different line and to, more drive going through the whoops. But the left side was so much faster. And, uh, and honestly, I think uh, Kenny had that in his back pocket all day, all night long. But yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more whether it was uh, the, la- the last lap drama with the 450 class, or on the first lap with Shane McElrath just uh, going in and out of uh, uh, Austin Forkner back and forth. Those guys yeah, yeah. four times on the first lap. I couldn't believe it. And uh, the, the the young kid uh, w- wasn't scared. He's running in there. He's uh, um, making moves. And then uh, Shane McElrath's like, "Hey, kid, I won the race last year. I plan on doing this one again. I gotta go." Yeah,
2: exactly. No, that was a great great start. And the cool thing too was finally that. Well, not finally, but in round two, the time did the change time thing come into effect. There was 18 laps for the 250 class and then 24 laps for the 450 class. So really showcasing, again, the toughness of these athletes, being able to even just soldier through and finish the race, let alone the kind of uh, show that those top guys put on for. So pretty outstanding. I can only hope that come, I think Toronto's round nine, that by round 9 it's all still tight like that and we get that kind of show for our fans because uh you know there'll be some beers drank and some fun had if the uh if the show is a good one <laughs>
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. It was, uh, um, I'm trying to think of if, if there's ever a time that uh, you yourself uh, demonstrated a, a world class fade, like uh, a guy like uh, Mar- Martin Davalos going from first place at lap 15. If that was a 15 lap main event, he would have collected that checkered flag one day before his 30th birthday. Uh, three laps later, he finds himself not only off the podium, but not even in the uh, just outside, uh, basically just outside the top five.
2: Uh, yes, I have uh, world-class. I don't know about world-class, but Canadian-class. Oh, yeah, I've done my uh, myself a share of fades. I was notorious for getting great starts and never being in great shape. And the odd time it bit me in the butt, the one that I remember most was uh, Calgary 2001. I started second, and I think I finished 19th in that moto. So uh, <laughs> not, a, <laughs> not one of my more memorable ones, but one that sucks in my head as far as being a fader. But, yeah, I've had a few. Uh, where the good start came, and then all of a sudden, whether it was Iron Pump or Mind Fade or just plain on uh, being a a sucky baby out there, I've I've definitely uh, seen my fair share of what happened to Duvall or uh, even what Eli Komek went through there at round number one. So it happens, it sucks, but uh, you definitely don't like to talk about it too much.
1: Fair enough. Well, uh, I (laughs) believe uh, Ryan Gold whole shot at least one of the one twenty five main event mo- or one twenty five motos at Grunthal the first uh first race I ever saw back in I believe it was either two thousand or I think it was two thousand.
2: No buddy it would have been ninety nine. Ninety nine,
1: okay. Nineteen ninety nine,
2: yeah. I had a really good number day five. that day. Uh, I, I did whole shot moto number one, I believe just over had uh, a Lange. because uh, yep. I wasn't there in two thousand. I had a broken femur in two thousand, so okay. I missed that route. But, uh, yeah, 99, I went there. I went 4, five, five, four five, five, six that day in all four motos. So uh, it was a pretty solid day, and I got good starts all day. And that track that day was absolutely amazing. It was so good.
1: Oh, absolutely. Wish I wish we went I, back
2: there. I, I wish we went back to that track sometimes. It was a good one.
1: For sure, no, I I totally agree. Uh, I I even talked to uh, uh, Sean Hamblin about that, and he's like, he still remembered that track it was a uh, like the, for for a track in Canada stand out to uh, to uh, the hamster. That's that's uh, kind of I'd say that's pretty special, regardless of uh, uh, what he went on to do in his uh, career in life. But uh, um, Ryan, it's so great for you to uh, give me some time. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, what's, what's new and exciting with you as well as, uh, all the, all the things you got going on, family life, uh, uh you basically created a racing series out of the, uh, uh rabbit out of the hat as well as you, you work with, uh, the guaranteed MX stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I keep myself busy for sure. My two kids, Riley, my youngest, he's about to turn one year old and then my oldest, Jake will be three in the middle of March. So they, uh, they, they're definitely keeping me active, uh little monsters as they will. Actually my oldest one's kinda of sick right now as well as uh, dad is a little bit. I guess maybe I gave it to him i hope that wasn't the case. But uh yeah, keep me busy there. The family stuff is fun. I, I mean I've always wanted to be a dad and now I am and it's uh it's pretty amazing for sure. And then as far as the work side goes, uh with uh amateur motocross Ontario ammo, I, I aligned forces with uh McGuire's motocross racing series as well, the MMRS guys. So we have a big group in Ontario now pushing forward to make a really good series for all our members members and customers. And basically anybody that wants to go race them, we've got it for you. Whether you're a guy that's looking to be serious or just a, a friend that's coming in to have some fun or a brand newbie, we got all classes. we got everything that everybody wants. And everybody is a winner when they come to our races, whether they get a prize, a trophy, or uh, some communicative talk to make you feel good like you're a part of something. So looking forward to that. Landed some new sponsors. Uh, excited to get those announcements coming out here very soon. And then Guaranteed MX is just clicking by. Uh, kind of have, uh, well, i got Tyler Medalli doing some writing, and then you got a new guy coming in writing here on Thursday, uh, Travis Longname uh, is his nickname because I don't know how to say his last name. Um, <laughs> Travis Longname. He uh, uh, suffered a very horrible accident like seven years ago and is now uh, um, paralyzed from the, uh, the, the chest down, uh, okay. doing what he loves. And uh, now he just kind of wants to get back into the sport, and he's, he's looked for an avenue. So we've kind of found a spot here, so I'm excited to see what his, delivery he's going to write a column and stuff like that and then uh, you know do some amateur interviews and stuff like that which is cool because ammo was starting to take a lot of my plate uh away from guaranteed mx a little bit so uh, getting some out there is, is uh is worthy for sure so i'm i'm a busy guy i'm definitely uh all um laws in the fire but nothing nothing other than uh, p- uh you know pushing the sport of motocross that's kind of all i know it's my education that's my my university degree and uh that's kind of going to be what it is for the next little while, for sure. And, and all, all positive things, man. A lot of good stuff going on, really. Some big announcements coming soon, too, uh, concerning uh, the TransCan and the Canadian Arena Cross Tour and some other new scheduling things. I can't let the cat out of the bag, but you'll see things yeah. here in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be really, really good for the sport right across Canada from coast to coast.
1: Fair enough, man. Well, you, you seriously have a a master's degree in the sport of motocross, and uh, we really appreciate you uh, dropping some knowledge on us, man, and sharing some stories about uh, Toronto Supercross has gone by. Uh, I'll definitely call you up again uh, as the series uh, continues and uh, maybe even do a couple of race reviews with you uh, uh, down the way. Um, uh, uh, if you'd like to, uh, to plug any sponsors or, or thank anybody, I'll give you that opportunity now. Otherwise, uh, we'll cut it off.
2: Well, I just uh, thank you, Brad, for being Big MX Radio for giving me a chance to just kind of talk. You know, like you said, I like doing it. Uh, when we're talking motocross, I'm always in for that for sure. And then, uh, yeah, if people are bored or got nothing to do. Check out guaranteedmx.com. I usually got some something on there that's either going to piss you off or you're going to really love. Either way, it uh, sparks interest. <laughs> and uh, that's about it, man. And again, thanks for having me, man. And have fun uh, in, at A2.
1: Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate the uh, the kind words. You have yourself a great rest of your day. Don't hang up just yet, but for, for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right.
0: Late afternoon, another day is nearly done. of gray is breaking through a lighter one a thousand sharpened elbows in the underground that hollow hurried sound feet on polished floor and in the dollar store the clerk is closing up Loonies trying not to say I hate Winnipeg The driver checks the mirror seven minutes late
4: The crowded rider's restlessness
0: enunciates The guess who sucked the Jets were lousy anyway Same mood every day, and in the turning lane, someone stalled again. He's talking to himself, and hears the price of gas repeat his phrase. Golden business boy will watch the North end die and sing I love this town. Then letters our king wrecking ball proclaim I hate Winnipeg.